Welcome to Kingdom Life Church, Stellenbosch. May this life-giving word activate your faith today. So this morning we're starting with a brand new series. And the series is called Surrounded. There was a little boy um, one night, and um, it was just before supper, and mom called the boy and said, listen, will you go and get the broom? It's in the backyard, out the back door, and a and he looked at his mom and said, Mommy, but it's dark outside. And his mom looked at him and said, Yeah, but don't worry. Jesus is there. He's everywhere. He will be there to protect you. And the boy was like, oh, You don't know about this one. And he walked up to the door and he, he opened it this, this much. And he, almost his nose just got through. And he looked out at the dark backyard. And he said quietly, Jesus, if you're out there, please bring me the broom. <laughs> So let me start out with this question as I build this foundation this morning of a series we're going to do for the next month of November. Um, let me start out with a question. Is how many of us have seen God? Not a lot. Well, probably no one because God says if you see Him, you die. Or you are dead. Or you are in heaven. But let me ask you a different question. How many of us have experienced God's presence? All of us. You need to. If you're a born-again Christian, it's actually a place that you need to experience God's presence. It's like almost asking a new car owner, how's your car drive? So, I don't know. I mean, that's ridiculous. It's amazing. It drives so soft. and it just I mean, you, we know how our car drives. It's the same being born again. We know God's presence. We need to know His presence. Now, for the next month, I really pray and pray and, and trust God that, that we will meet Him in a different way in our relationship with Him. Now, if we talk about God's presence, I want to look at two, just two encounters just to show us that God's presence is there for him to encounter. If you look at Moses, Moses came in Exodus 33, verse 17, 18, 21, 23. He said the following, The Lord, the Lord replied to Moses, and he said, I will indeed do what you have asked, for I look favorably on you. And I know you by name. So Moses responded, Then show me your glorious presence. The Lord continued, Look, stand near me on this rock. And as my glorious presence passes by, I will hide you in a crevice of the rock and cover you with my hand until I have passed by. Then I will remove my hand and let you see me from behind. But my face will not be seen. Amazing moment. Let's look at Elijah. Elijah in 1 Kings 19 had this following experience with God. He says, God said to Elijah, go out and stand before me on the mountain, the Lord told him. And as Elijah stood there, the Lord passed by and a mighty windstorm hit the mountain. It was such a terrible blast that the rocks were torn loose, but the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, there was a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, there was the sound of a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his cloak, and he went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. And a voice said, What are you doing here, Elijah? Powerful scriptures. Powerful moments with the creator of the universe, isn't it? And if I read these stories, and if you go on how God has journeyed with the Israelites and with Elijah, man, it's amazing. 
It's amazing. But that was Old Testament. Is it still for us today? You see, I wonder how many of us would like to stand in their shoes in that moment. How many believers would sign up for an encounter like that? Come on. I'm, 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 I'm wondering. It's like, whew. I mean, that's the God of the universe, the creator of heaven and earth. And he had a moment, a personal moment with Moses. He had a personal moment with Elijah. With thunder and lightning and fire came and rocked. I mean, it, it ripped the rocks off the face of the mountain and still Elijah just stood there. But see, if we look at the church and our generation of the day, it's shocking. Why? Because we see so many believers dissatisfied without God's presence. I mean, let that sink in. Think about it. I meet people weekly that is just satisfied without God's presence because when, when you start speaking about His presence, they said, yeah, yeah, it was amazing in worship the other day. And it was... But are we getting satisfied without God's presence? You see, we see a church that's satisfied from being distant from God when we could have a life-changing intimacy with the Creator of the universe. And it's a good question. I, when I prepped this, I asked myself, like, man, Henny, have you become satisfied without God's presence? It's a good question to ask. You see, there's a well-known song we sing. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I am surrounded by you, by Him. And it's this song that really reminded me of this Lord. I'm surrounded by you. And if you speak about, speak about it and you say, someone will sing it, yeah, I'm surrounded by you, and say, man, God's presence is here. People will not very quickly. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah His presence is here all over. But do we really know what we're saying? <laughs> it's a good question. Do we know that we, we really have God's presence with us every second of our lives? So what do we know of God's presence? And, and if you are spiritual, do you know that you are actually inhabited by something powerful? Or have we grown accustomed to that thought that, oh, he surrounds me. It's okay. It, can I give you an example? We were at Vic Falls in Zim a, a, a couple a months or how long was it? Two months? I can't even remember. Time flies. But we were walking at Vic Falls. And the amazing thing is we were lucky because the Vic Falls wasn't very, the, the river wasn't very full. So the the mist of the waterfall wasn't too much, but there was a lot of mist. And I was walking in this mist, and it's incredible. And then suddenly it's raining, and then while the sun shines, and it's just amazing, and you're wet all the time. And, and I, I was looking at one stage, and I saw some locals working there. And they were just walking up and down if nothing is wrong. If though, oh, this is just normal. And I realized, sure, have they grown so accustomed to this mist and this incredible wonder of the world, they don't even worry about it anymore. And I realized, Lord, may I never grow accustomed to just your presence. May it always be something, oh, wow. I mean, I've been mountain biking, me and Yanni have been mountain biking with a bunch of friends, and every time I take a next turn and I look at this mountain, it's like, oh, whoa. I would say, man, just look at this view. 
Look at this amazing place we're staying at. And I said, always said, I would just remind myself constantly of, man, Lord, thank you for being here. That I never grow accustomed to the blessing that God has given us. And that's why I named the series Surrounded. Because are we just accustomed to Him surrounding us? Or is it something amazing that the God of you, the universe is surrounding you constantly? Constantly. I trust that something will ignite in our hearts during this series. Something about the presence of God will start turning in our heart again, a longing for more of Him during this month. Now, each week we will be looking at, at topics like defining His presence. <laughs> Have you ever defined God's presence? Or maybe, how do I draw near to His presence? And I want to look at stuff like that, and, and next week we will look at drawing near to Him. And, and I trust God that walking out of that series in this, in this month, that, that we will truly know and experience that God surrounds me. Every moment of every second of every day of my life. So looking at Scripture, let's dive in. If you look at Scripture, how do we define the presence of God in all its forms? Ever thought about it? How do I, how do you define God's presence in all its forms? Because it's not just singular. Now this is, I did my best. So this is how we start. If I can define God's presence in three ways, there's three types of presence of God. Number one, it's the omnipresence of God. The omnipresence of God means that God is everywhere. Everywhere. There's actually a beautiful scripture in Psalm 139 verse 7. It says, where can I go from your spirit? Or where can I flee from your presence? You, you can't get away from God's presence. He is just everywhere. He is everywhere. God is everywhere. That's the omnipresence of God. But then number two, we, got, we get the inner presence of God. That is when the Holy Spirit comes to live in us. That's when you have a filling of the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit comes and some of it is a signs of praying in tongues, you are filled with the Holy Spirit. Because Jesus, you remember, Jesus said that the Holy Spirit would be with us, but He will always so be within us. Remember Jesus said it to His disciples? So God is within us. That's the inner presence of God that I carry with me every moment of every second of every day. I know the Spirit is within me. He speaks to me. He is in me. But then we get the third one, and that's the manifest presence of God. And that's what I want to speak about today. And I want to almost focus almost on that, because we have spoken about the omnipresence and the inner presence, about the Holy We did series and sermons on the Holy Spirit. But we never really spoke about the manifest presence of God. I want to speak about, now the manifest presence of God is when God makes His presence known among us. He makes His presence known. Thunder and lightning and then a whisper comes. He makes His presence known. It's, and, and I want to speak about that. I want to almost focus on that part of His presence today. Now if you look at God's manifest presence, we see from the beginning of the Bible and of time that God walked and talked in the garden with Adam and Eve. 
He had a moment with them. But what did, he, what did Adam and Eve lose when they fell in sin? And what did Jesus come to restore when he died on the cross and defeated the grave? I believe he came to restore his manifest presence. That's what Adam and Eve lost. Because when they lost, they sinned, they left God's presence. And we're going to speak about that now. Now let's look at Genesis 3 verse 8. It says the following. It says, And they heard the sound of the Lord walking in the garden. I love that word. Did you hear this? They heard the sound of the Lord walking in the garden. God, I mean, we're going to get to that. And we're going to speak about worship a bit during this sermon series. And how much sound is such a part of God's presence. And music. And worship. But anyway, they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. That's amazing when sin comes in, people run away from God instead of running towards Him. It's amazing how sin always tries to hide us or to hide from the presence of God. No matter where you are, you can maybe be in church or at home when there's sin and when there's something, condemnation in your life, you try to hide from the presence. I had people walking out in worship and coming back for the sermon in, in, in many years of ministry. I see that all the time. Now, when we slip up or when we blew it in life, and come on, none of us are perfect. We have moments. We have moments, and thank goodness for God's grace and His mercy in our lives. But when we slip up and blew it, say, my, say this week, the enemy will do anything to keep us away from that place of worship. Anything. Why? Because he wants you to get out of God's presence. He doesn't want you in God's presence. He doesn't want us to be in God's presence. But when you slip up and sin, that's really where we need to be. We need to be in God's presence in that moment. That's where there is grace and mercy and forgiveness and more love than you could ever imagine in God's presence. But the enemy knows that. So in the story with Adam and Eve, it doesn't speak about the omnipresence of God. Why not? Because if God was everywhere like He is now, how could anyone hide from His presence? <laughs> Adam and Eve hid. What was they hiding for? They were hiding for the manifest presence of God. God was manifesting Himself among them. Isn't that amazing? He had a conversation with him. Adam probably was the, well, he was the only man who, could, who saw God face to face. And he lost it. Now, if you look at Moses, let's go back to Moses. And if you go to Exodus 33, Moses had a moment with God. And as they were, were moving out of, the, the, of Egypt and they were going into the desert, God spoke to him and the Lord replied, he said, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. But then Moses said to him, he said, if your presence does, presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. Yeah. See, the same year, God is everywhere. If God is everywhere, why did Moses say this? Because Moses was referring to his manifest presence. Lord, we need your manifest presence. I mean, that, that presence was so powerful. The, the tent of the tabernacle was there. A cloud came over the tabernacle. 
when God's presence was there. At night, there was a fire burning in that cloud that showed God's presence, His manifest presence with them. And when the cloud rose up, the people could go into the tabernacle. But when that cloud came down, only one man went in, it was Moses. He wanted to get into God's manifest presence. And why did God choose Joshua? Because Joshua was at that tent, the door of that tent. Also, longing for the manifest presence of God. So Moses said, God, I need you to walk and talk to me like you've talked and walked with Adam and Eve. I don't want to go if you don't want to go with me. I need your manifest presence in my life. I know you everywhere, and I know, I mean, they didn't have the Holy Spirit yet, so they didn't have the inner presence. But they wanted the manifest presence of the God, the creator of the universe. That is so powerful. So let me illustrate this for you to understand a little bit different. So say if Elon Musk come and he visited the church today. He was sitting here, whew, amazing. The richest man in, in, in the world. Over $200 billion, strong. You can call him a billionaire. I think it's safe to, to call him that. But if he, if he was here today, it would be safe to agree that his presence are, are here with us. He is here. All of us would agree that, that his presence would be among us. Is that right? But see, if he would get up and walk over and start cancelling some of your debt, or maybe buy a few houses, or maybe bought, buy the other ones a few cars, and give you a million rand, and for you two, two million, and, and you just start handing out a couple of stuff, and you see, if he would start doing that, he would be manifesting his presence. He would be manifesting his presence. He would be making his presence known. But if he would just be sitting here, yes, he is among us. He's here. But if he would make his presence known, that means that he's doing something that no one else can do. Listen, when we come, we need to understand the difference. We need to understand the difference. It is one thing to just have a billionaire in the room. But it is another thing that, that when, we, when He gives us something that, that only He can give. It's a big difference. I mean, listen, we can come to church for worship, doing our quiet time. But God wants to manifest His presence with us. He wants to manifest His presence. He doesn't just want to be surrounding us. He wants to manifest His presence in our lives. He wants to do something in your life that no one else can do. That you that deeper inner need that you're trusting God for. That's what He wants to do for us. He wants to make His presence known and do something amazing. And if I ask you this morning, how many of you want God to do something amazing in your life? Come on, both hands would be up. Because every day we pray, say, Lord, I need this, I need that, Lord, I need, but I want to create a need in your life that you have both hands up and say, Lord, I need your manifest presence in my life. I need your presence in my life. I was in meetings before where gold is in people's hands. When, when um, what do you call it, um, stones appear in the, on the ground, like gemstones, where feathers fall from the roof, that nobody's like, where, what is happening? It's when God's manifest presence comes in. People judge those things 
because they don't know the manifest presence of God. And I, I pray that we create a longing in our heart to see the manifest presence of God, to see more of Him, to experience more of Him. We don't aim just for that, and God knows that. But I mean, I long for more of it. So, so let, let me ask the following question as we go into this a bit deeper. And I'm not going to preach long this morning. But is it possible to enter and to leave the manifest presence of God? So let me ask, answer that by speaking about both of them. Now let's start with leaving the presence of God. Do you believe that we can leave the presence of God? I truly do. We can. It's impossible to leave the omnipresence of God because, yes, God is all over. He's always with us everywhere. But it is possible to leave the manifest presence of God. Let me prove it to you. Genesis 4 verse 16. So Cain and Abel. Cain came and he, he was disobedient to God. He murdered his brother. And what happened? So Cain left the Lord's presence and settled in the land of Nod, east of Eden. We cannot leave the omnipresence, but we can definitely and we can definitely leave God's manifest presence. Look at Jonah. <laughs> Jonah 1, verse 1 to 3, it says, Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry out against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah arose to flee from Tarshish, from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarsus. So he paid the fare and went down to it to go with them to Tarsus from the presence of the Lord. Jonah was fleeing from the presence of the Lord. Again, I mean, he was not leaving the omnipresence of God because God is everywhere. He was fleeing from that manifest presence of God. So how do we leave the presence of God? It's very simple. If you look at the Scriptures, and I know it's Old Testament, but if you look at that moments where God's presence manifested, all of these men were disobedient, and they were not doing what God said for them to do. Now, God told Adam and Eve not to eat from the tree. What did they do? They ate from the tree, they were disobedient, then they hid themselves from the presence of God, and at the end of it, they left Eden. Cain came and he had to deal with his attitude because God spoke to him, but he didn't deal with his attitude. So he murdered his brother and that led him to leave the presence of God. God told Jonah, go to Nineveh, and, and he didn't do it and he left the presence of God. Now I want, to, want us all to understand this and, and not just hear a lawful obedience or disobedience thing that, that uh, if I do this, I will get blessed, and if I do this, I won't get blessed. And I'm not just talking about this. This is all about walking away from what God's heart and calling is for our lives. It is not Him leaving us because we didn't obey. It's not. But it is us walking away from Him because we don't like what He is saying or what His plan and purpose is for our lives. I've been there <laughs> many times. Lord, I don't like what you're saying. I'm not going to do that. Sorry. It's not the Lord. It must be the, the, the devil. You see, God's presence is constant. We just need to make sure we stay under the umbrella of His presence and then make sure we pull people into that moment. 
That's what God wants. But the most of the time we miss the manifest presence because of our own agenda. When I wrote this, I was like, ouch, Lord, why are you preaching to me before I have to preach this? You see, when we come to God and say, God, I will meet with you. I want your presence, but on my terms. My terms. I will worship the way I want to worship. Because that's what it's come down to. And I know it's tough, it was tough for me, and I realized I had to go down and really, really look at myself. And said, Lord, sure, I'm sorry, I did this on my own terms. That's maybe why I struggled. I did this on my terms, that's maybe why I'm trusting you for breakthrough, but you're waiting for me. You see, Jonah came and he said, God, I will go to Nineveh on my terms. Therefore, I don't want to go because I don't like those people. And if you go to look at John Jonah, he didn't want to go to Nineveh because he hated those people. And he, on his term, he said, no, I want to go there. I'll rather go to a different nation. And so many times we're waiting for God to show up and manifest His presence in our lives, but He's actually waiting on us. So the question is not, Lord, when are you coming? But when am I stepping into that plan and purpose and stop running from what God is saying? And that's a tough one because it's not always that practical. <laughs> but God wants our hearts before He wants our actions. Let me give you another illustration. So my, I, I come back from work and my wife's telling me, Hey, honey, will you pick up milk and bread when you come back from work? Just so it's one thing to just, oh, I forgot about it. But it's a whole different story when I just decide not to pick it up. Different story. And sometimes we do that with God. He will whisper, it's like, man, I can't wait to have quiet time with you tomorrow morning. It's like, sorry God, I can't. I've got two meetings early. Or... I can use a lot of examples. <laughs> and this is, I, I'm, I'm serious, this is, I'm, just, I'm not just preaching this to you, I'm preaching this to me this morning. Because I realize that if I have a longing for God's manifest presence in my life, I need to take my agenda and move it. So I said, Lord, what is your agenda in my life? Because I need more of you in my life. I want to step into that purpose and plan for my life that you have for me. Can I be honest? I mean, sometimes your spouse would really irritate you. <laughs> Come on. They would leave the toilet seat up. Or they would leave that door open. It's like, oh, I can't believe you left the door open again. And it makes you so mad that you just want to get out. I just want to go and walk. I'll take the car. I'll be back in an hour. I can't handle you now. Come on. But can I be honest? Sometimes we get mad about that one thing and we miss the 10 other things that actually did well. And if we look at it that way from that perspective, that one thing that really bothers us is actually not a big thing. And you know why? Because living in their presence is much more important than that one stupid thing. Just having peace in that presence of your spouse. And sometimes we choose that one thing and we go off on it. I said, Lord, you, you, 
You disappointed me. I'm not going to go to church for two weeks. I'm not going to read my Bible until I feel better. Because where's your presence when I need it? I went through this, Lord, and you never came. You never pitched up. Ever felt like that? You see, sometimes we can be in someone's presence but not be present at that moment. Very guilty. See, you can be in the same house and not experience the joy of that person. And in the same, we can be in church and we can pray and we can read our Bible and we cannot yet fully experience God's presence. You see, it, it, it's a tough word, but I realize that, oh, Lord, I don't want to miss it anymore. I don't want to miss your presence. I want more of you. You see, in our day and age, the world has made it easy for us to leave the presence of God or to substitute it with things that is more important. And that's why we need to be intentional to enter His presence. So how do we enter His presence? We spoke about leaving His presence. We know it's possible to leave His manifest presence. But how do I enter? How do you enter God's presence? And we're going to look at it more in the coming weeks. But look, look at the Scriptures. The, the writer of Psalms said the following in Psalm 95, verse 1 and 2. He says, Oh, come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout joyfully to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before His presence with thanksgiving. Singing, praise and worship. Psalm 100 verse 1 to 2, it says, Make a joyful shout to the Lord, all you lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before His presence with singing. You see, with this series we will look at, we will see that music with praise and worship might be more important than we think. You see, when you want to enter God's presence, praise and worship has a key to it. Music has a key to it. Now, I'm not talking about being musically gifted <laughs> but to, or to use musical instruments because if, if that was the case, then I would never be in God's presence. <laughs> My wife would be saturated in God's presence. <laughs> so I had a friend at university <coughs> and his, his nickname was D-flat because he was so false. You don't stand near him in church because he just messes you up. You can't just, I mean, just, just it's impossible. I just, when, I, when he's behind me and he starts singing, and, and I just like, I just close my eyes and experience the worship because it's impossible. But you know about him, the, the thing that blessed me the most, we had a student camp and he had this little CD player radio thing. I mean, he was passionate about worship. And I went, Lord, I rolled my eyes like, man, dude, you need to be passionate about something else because that's definitely not your strong point. <laughs> I was very immature. And so we were at this camp, and he was in the room next to me. And every morning at 6, he would crank that radio up with, Jesus, you are my best friend. You are always, I mean, it's like literally. And I was like, oh, here we go again. And he would just go for it. But you know what? Man, he was in the presence of God. He was passionate for God because he, I mean, he cranked that radio up. He knew he was false, but Hillsong was definitely not false. 
And see, he understood the part of worship as a way to God's presence. And every time I prayed with him, and we popped that music on, and I went past that thing, I realized, man, he understands something about worship that I don't. He understands something into a way into God's presence that I don't. And when he had his worst times, he would just crank that music up. And he would whisper with, but he would just trust God for a moment in his presence. You see, he could be false, but he was passionately connected to God through that worship moment. See, it's just amazing how God's presence increases when we start worshiping. Isn't that amazing? It's amazing how he increases. Sometimes you stand in worship and you, I mean, you experience nothing, but it's all about our awareness. God's presence never changes, our awareness does. And we've said that a lot, but, and I'm praying, and sometimes we need to change the way we pray, and I've been praying, said, Lord, change my awareness of your presence. No matter where we are, what we do, if it's a false singing, great singing, heaven singing, angel singing, I want your, my awareness to be, to know your presence in my life. And that's why worship is such an avenue for that. You see, even, we, even when people have walked into church, and I've been in a lot of churches in my life, but they will walk into church, don't know God at all. And they would walk out of that church experience and say, wow, I just experienced something so amazing in that service. Man, it was amazing. So what did you, man, that music was amazing. And it's just something that worship does to our spirit. God has aligned our spirit with worship to his presence. And that's why when God was walking, they heard the sound of God walking in a garden. And we're going to speak about that more. I mean, there is such a connection between God and, and us singing. That's why we worship on a Sunday morning. Because we want to prepare our hearts. We want to usher ourselves into his presence so that our hearts are open to the word. That's why we worship. Now, when we in worship, we're not just experiencing music, but we're experiencing God's pleasure as we're seeking Him more. See, as I was preparing for this, I realized that there's so many of us that, that only enter God's presence once a week. <laughs> I've been there many times. Like, I'm just looking forward to Sunday, then we can be in worship, I can be in presence, but you can crank up a CD. I mean, there's so many times when I drive my car and I just, I mean, I don't care what people say. I just put the music on and I worship in His presence. In a 10 minutes from here to my meeting, I had a moment with the Holy Spirit. And His presence came into my situation. I started praying, said, Lord, I need wisdom. Let's just put the worship on this morning. Let's just praise you in that moment. You see, I actually caught myself thinking how many times I did just drive-through devotions. <laughs> how many of you had just drive-through devotions? That quick, whoop, I just want, Lord, I just need to read my Bible and pray quickly. because I'm gonna, And then, but sometimes, you know, when I just put that worship music on, and I just stay in His presence, I just sing along, and I just open my heart, suddenly, whoop, His presence come in. And suddenly it's easier to pray, it's easier to read. Man, the word pops open to me, revelation come. And you know what? My day is easier. My day suddenly is easier. Now, I don't know about you, but I need the manifest presence of God. You need the manifest presence of God in our, life, in our lives daily. 
We need it. We need what God can give us that no one else, no situation, no medicine, no doctor can give us that God's presence can give us. We cannot make a whole week without the presence of God. We need more of it. And that's why we, we sometimes strive, say, Lord, I need more of you. I need more of you. And then sometimes God will tell me, but I am here. <laughs> Just become aware of me. You see, God's omnipresence is always with us. Sometimes His manifest presence become, comes among us. And that's why it's so important to have church, to have moments of fellowship where the community of believers come together, where we worship together, and God's presence come in. And it's a blessing to us. Maybe you're sitting here this morning and you're struggling to enter God's presence okay we struggle to enter his presence and and maybe it's because of sin maybe it's because of condemnation maybe because you don't don't feel loved by God maybe you think God doesn't like you that's also okay for now I trust that God changed your thinking and your mind as you experience more of him there's a beautiful scripture if you feel like that that says his mercies are new every morning no matter how much I messed up yesterday, it doesn't mean oh, you don't qualify for the presence today. Just go and stand at the back. See you tomorrow. Let's see how, how you go this today. That's a religious thinking. God already took out all his wrath, anger, everything on Jesus so that we can walk into his presence every day. His mercies are new every day. No matter how much I messed up, just stop it and move on. I hope I'm talking to your hearts this morning. Because I want to unlock something for this month that there need to be a hunger for more of His presence. I cannot be satisfied without more of Him. No matter how high or how low you go or what you might be going through, it's much better going through that moment with God or in His presence, in His presence from a place of worship. I want to invite you this week to to not just take this as another sermon, because I know it's not a deep sermon, but not just take it as another sermon, but to shift your thinking and your perspective on, Lord, I know you are here with me every minute, every second. You are omnipresent. I know you, maybe you've been filled with the Holy Spirit, and you know that there is an inner presence in your life, but say, Lord, I need moments in your manifest presence. I need moments where you enter my life and my moments and my situations and my living room, my room, sometimes my car, but I need you to enter that because I need you today. And then turn on that worship music and just sit and wait on Him. Sometimes I just turn that music on and I just pray in my tongue. And I just whisper to him because I know he hears me. Sometimes I just go and lie on the couch in that worship music and just enjoy his rest. <laughs> just soaking in what he has for me. Sometimes I walk up and down and I pray fervently because I know I need to pray through something. But you know what? Fervently I make an effort. Non-religious, in grace, 
I make an effort to have more of Him. I want to encourage us this morning to to not just hear this sermon as a a, a legalistic, you have to do, but more of God coming and switching on that hunger. Turning that key to say, Lord, I need more of you. I need to know that, Lord, when when I say you surround me, that there is a manifestation of him among us. That we know that he's here. Can we stand and I want to pray for us this morning. Father, we thank you this morning that you are the true, living, powerful God. And that you love us. That you loved us the day when you created Adam. You loved us. And Lord, as you walked with Adam and Eve in that garden, having fellowship with them, enjoying the fellowship with them, Father, I know that you still long it for every one of us today. And Father, I pray that that you will help us be aware of more of you. Help us to be aware of your presence every day of our lives. And Lord, we declare this morning that we love you. And we worship you, Lord. And, and Lord, we, I pray that every one of us here, Lord, We'll have an experience with you this week. Even now as I'm praying. Holy Spirit, you will come and just touch them. Touch us. Touch the deeper parts of our heart that only you know, Father. Deepest needs in our hearts that only you know, Father. And Lord, the heart that cries out to you and said, Lord, I need you to intervene, to come in. Lord, I need more of you. Thank you for listening to our weekly sermon. For more detail, visit www.klcstellenbosch.co.za.